0: Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome back to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. I am so happy to have you back. Again, my name is Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Man, am I excited about today's episode? It just really brings me back to my early days as a financial advisor, sitting down with 401k participants and setting their financial plan up and setting their 401k enrollment up and going through that whole entire process with them, especially as a first time investor. But I assume now you're in your workforce, you've maybe been a part of the 401k, and I can probably paint a picture for you. You just started your job and couple months in, some guy comes in and he talks for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, depends on how much your employer gives you. And they just give you the whole nuts and bolts of the 401k. What is it? Why you should invest in it? What kind of a match you've got? What investment options you have? And then it's usually some slide of the paper. Here, here's how you enroll. Or go onto this website and get signed up. Does that sound familiar? I mentioned that because you probably understood it at one point in time whether that was right there in the enrollment meeting maybe it was you understood you know a couple weeks later when you finally enrolled in the plan and picked your investment options but then usually weeks go by months go by and years go by and you completely forget what's in there what you're in what exactly you're in and it isn't until you meet with somebody like me and then you're going over that plan again over And then that's when you start to realize, hey, maybe that wasn't the right investment for me or, okay, things have changed. I need to make some changes in this 401k that better align with my financial goals and what I'm trying to accomplish now that I'm a little bit more established in my life. So those are kind of the big things that we're going to be talking about today and mainly those investment options that you have inside of your 401k or that you are likely have in your 401k. So let's take you back to the 401k enrollment. They've talked about the 401k, all the benefits and all the extras and the match and this and that. And then they slide all of the different fund options in front of you. And they maybe talk about each one and the positives and negatives and should you be in a target date fund and yada, yada, yada. But ultimately that decision comes down to you. They're maybe making a recommendation based on age and what are quote unquote risk tolerance based on age, but you are supposed to know what is best for you. And what's hard about that is you may not know what's best for you. So, for example, I have a young couple that was around 25 or, you know, in their late 20s, and they had a significant portion of their overall investments in the bond funds and that's problematic right because risk reward if you're investing in bonds you're likely taking on less risk and and in turn by taking less risk you're not getting as much of a reward especially over a longer period of time so that's you know just a little bit of a slight move that we can make for that young client to be able to maximize their returns especially over a long period of time. And then we've seen the vice versa of that, where somebody's, you know, coming right into retirement they're in their last couple of weeks, and they decide that they want to sit down with us before making that final decision. And they're 100% in the in the market. Well, that was great, probably for the last decade, you know, you, you had great returns. But then a 2022 can happen just as fast. And just as much as you were thinking about retirement, then you also second guessing that now, because there was a financial downturn. Now, one reason I wanted to make this episode just about 401ks is because it is such a great wealth building tool. It's easy. It's tax efficient. You know, your money's growing and you're not paying taxes on it. You're deferring all those taxes and the growth, your tax efficiency on the contribution. So whether you're taking a deduction or you're getting the deduction you know later on in life it is one of the greatest wealth tools and it's one of the most common wealth tools that is in our lives and it's available to us and it's important that you take full advantage of it especially if you have that opportunity and likely you are and so that's why I wanted to dedicate this episode to just that because I have found so many times that people have gotten it wrong inside of their 401k. And it's one of their biggest assets. And you can even look at some of the numbers to know that some things need to change, especially for our generation. And millennials right now, 34% of their net worth is made up of real estate, which is really good. It's actually doubled their net worth or our net worth as millennials. And But 40% of our net worth is actually in our retirement funds whether that's through pension options or the 401k, where boomers, 20% of their net worth is made up of real estate and 50% of their net worth is made up of retirement funds. It's important to know because their percentage of their net worth is nearly double that of the baby boomer generation. But then we're underfunding our retirement. And it's important to know that just because when you do get into retirement, looking for you know farther down the road you're not converting most likely you're not converting your primary residence into income you're continuing to live in it it's paid off there is some value there which is great and there's some retirement ways that we can get into that money with helocs and relox and all that great stuff and i'll get into that maybe some long time from now but the big thing you got to remember is that you're creating income from your retirement funds. Ideally, if we can invest in some other types of real estate, that'd be great too. But most people are just at least getting started with their primary residence. So it's important to make sure that we're funding the 401k over prioritizing you know, investing in real estate first, making sure that you're checking that box off first before you go to real estate. So before we get into the different fund options that are available to you within a 401k and how to make sure that we're aligning that for you, we have to know your risk tolerance and then your overall investment goal. Between those two things, we can make sure that the investments are in the right place and that they're doing the right things for you. And I mention this because if you don't have both and they're not aligning in the right way, you could be making a huge mistake in that 401k. I had a client And he is very conservative in nature, didn't have an advisor that was, you know, helping them plan. And they knew that their overall goal was to, you know, retire before age 65, but they didn't necessarily have their investments tailored towards that goal. And they were very conservative and they were basically in like a money market fund. So that wasn't really growing. They didn't lose any money, which... The reason why they did that is because they lost a little bit of money, you know, five years prior. They got a little bit spooked and they just didn't like some of the things that were going on geopolitically. And they had basically sat on the sidelines for five years. Well, I did the math. And if they were in something that would have been appropriate for their age and their risk tolerance and their goals. So just something like a 70-30 not being 100% in the market. They missed out on about a half a million dollars being in their account. Now that's a really expensive mistake, and you know I didn't really go into it with it with them and delve into that issue. I just know that they could have should have woulda as an appropriate way to go about it. So from there we just made sure that we are aligning their investments for their overall goal. And I share that story because. You know, I learned, you know, about some psychology of money in one of my designations. And there was a study that was done by a guy named Daniel and Amos. And it was called the Analysis of Decision Under Risk. And in their study, they explored the concept of loss aversion. And so what they did is they basically did a bunch of different scenarios and tests and experiments to kind of see how people handled the difference in experience between the potential gains and the losses and what they found and what this theory suggested was that individuals tend to have a stronger emotional reaction to losses compared to gains and so that leads them to taking a bias of take not taking the risks and so i mentioned that because a lot of people can find themselves in that client that i just shared where they're not taking the risks uh, that they should be to achieve those financial goals that they have set out for themselves. So what are some ways that you can kind of set that or to figure that out? One is based on just your age. That is a very easy one that you can set out to do. One would be to kind of figure out where you're at in your financial picture. Are you on track? Are you ahead of schedule? Are you behind? That can maybe kind of lead to the investment decisions that you are going to be taking. And then If you are overly conservative and don't want to take on risk knowing hey i got to put in more money to achieve my goal because i'm likely not getting that risk reward that i would be getting if i was in the market so one step from there before we get into investments is to make sure that when we're thinking about the investments that we're going to be choosing that we're putting it into a diversified portfolio You've maybe heard this, hey, I got to diversify over my different investments, or I want to make sure my investment is diversified. And basically what that means is that just all of your eggs are in one basket. You're investing in different sectors or different markets to make sure that you are mitigating the amount of risk that you're taking. Now, it's important to know that just because you're diversifying over maybe different sectors or different markets, that does not mean that you're maximizing your return or that you're getting a higher return because of that. Basically what it's doing is you're just reducing the amount of risk that you're taking over time, which will help out your investment return in, in turn. But but the biggest thing is if I could give you kind of like an analogy, it would be like the bumpiness of a roller coaster and We've all been on that like wooden roller coaster that just jarter next. By the time you got done, you were just like, "Okay, I'm not riding that again." Like that was cool, but I would re- much rather ride the Millennium Force or something much more smooth. And investments would be just like that. You can pick an investment that maybe is a little bit more growth oriented, but you're gonna feel the swings of that market. And the important thing is, is if you're feeling those swings. Are you apt to get out at the worst possible times or are you apt to stay in it to make sure that you see the gains over the long period of time? So having a diversified portfolio, make sure that those the seas are calmer, that you're able to glide through the sea a little bit faster and easier. So one way to do that is to maybe pick some different sectors of the market. And I'll get into that a little bit in just a second. So kind of go back to the story at the beginning of your 401k enrollment. Now you're at the point where they slide over that, you know, piece of paper with all of the different slew of investment options. And on average right now, 401ks have about 28 fund options on that page, which is actually up from 2017, which had about 21. But within those fund options, you have a ton of different choices. And, a lot of them are stock oriented or in the stock market. Some of our bond funds, some are just mutual funds that are invested in maybe certain sectors of the market. You've also got index funds in there, and then you have probably one of the most common funds, which is target date funds. So let's kind of dive into that and start off with the stock funds. Stock investment options to me is basically something that's in the quote unquote stock market. This is a very wide range. This can be anything from an index fund, which is tracking a specific index. So the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Dow, the Russell 2000, something like that. Or it can be maybe a little bit more specific, like a certain sector, like technology, like industrials, like transportation. It could be something like that or energy. It can also be different, broader markets. So this could be like large caps so this would be very big companies. Like if you open up your phone, these are likely the big companies that are probably some of the biggest in the United States or in the world. There might be mid cap companies, which would be something that's pretty big. Like some people have maybe heard of it, but it's not like this ginormous company. And then there's also those small cap companies. So these are the up and com- up and coming companies maybe have a little bit more risk. They were once that Amazon or the Microsoft or the Apple where they were started at a little company and they grew into this massive company. So they have great growth potential, but may have a little bit more risk. And then those can be basically split right in half, and they can be either divided into a growth sector or a value. A value doesn't necessarily mean that the stock's at a great price. It just might mean that they've been in business for a longer period of time and that they've been kicking off profits a little bit better period of time and what is likely that they're doing is because they have profits and they're doing well for a certain period of time they're paying out a dividend where a growth company they're investing as much money as they can back into the business to grow it and so they aren't paying dividends back out to the stockholder and so the only way that that stock will move in price is that they create a bigger market capitalization for that company I know I probably got into the weeds a little bit there, but it's important to know when you're looking at these different slews of investment options that you at least know what they are and what they're investing in. Another stock that is very common in 401ks, and it's actually in about 38% of 401ks, is the actual employer stock that you work for. This is very common, especially for bigger companies, these like S&P 500 type companies or the Fortune 500 companies. And basically what they do is they just allow you to buy stock within the 401k. So the stock or the company that you work for. And some people like that idea. Hey, I'm investing in the company that I currently work for. And I feel like I'm partaking a little bit into, you know, the movement of that stock, even though you don't really have too much authority there, or most likely don't. And I'm always hesitant for clients that have that option that are exploring that. And the reason is, is because you're at an increased risk in investing in that because your job is tied to that company. I'll kind of give you an example, you know, back in 08, GM went under and anybody who owned GM stock virtually lost everything. So if you were to put all of your eggs in one basket and GM, because you thought GM's doing a really good job. Not only did you probably lose your job, but you also lost your retirement in the same same time. So I encourage my clients, if they do have that option, if they are interested in it, to only put 10% of their overall value into that stock. Just because you're, again, minimizing how much you're putting in there. So you're minimizing the risk a little bit, but you are diversifying by investing in other sectors and other parts of the market. So now that we've gone over the stock market the next investment choice that you'll likely see is your bond investments so again these are a little bit more conservative They you're likely not going to see higher rates of return especially over a longer period of time but they shouldn't see large swings in prices um, although it is possible but depending on your plan there might be different options on the different bonds that you can purchase within that fund and so for example, like an investment grade bond fund would be something that they're investing in a little bit better companies when it comes to the financial ratings that they are receiving. And then there's also what's called short duration funds, which would be basically that they're just investing in bonds that are maturing in usually three years or less. So they have a very short maturity life. And then there's also what are called high yield bond funds. I kind of tend to stay away from high yields just because they can carry just about as much risk as being in the overall stock market. And so, again, I talked about the investment grade. So these are good companies when it comes to the financial ratings. Well, the high yield is on the very opposite end of that. So these are companies that are in financial dire matters. So this would be like your Bed Bath & Beyond, your GameStop. Companies that are on the verge of bankruptcy or likely are already on the road to that. And these are like last ditch efforts when it comes to the bonds that they're buying. Or I kind of paint the picture of the used car sales lot. You know, you got good credit, bad credit, you know, no matter what, we'll give you approved. That's kind of like the high yield type uh, bond fund. So it can carry a lot more risk than what you would normally want in a bond fund. Again, you're buying a bond to be conservative. And so I typically, you know, steer my clients away from those. One of the most common that you'll likely see or have in your 401k is a stable value fund. This is very similar to a money market. It's very conservative. You're likely not going to see any losses in that account. It is possible, but it is usually insured uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, I do think it's important to note that all the investment options that you are likely going to see inside of av 401k is a mutual fund. Not to say that you're still not getting a low cost index fund or that you're not buying into the overall stock market or bonds, whatever. It's just important to know that technically the vehicle that you're investing in it is a mutual fund. Now, one of the most important funds and the one that you're probably most likely gonna see and it's gonna make up again, half of those investment options are target date funds. And what's great about target date funds is they are diversified, they are broadly investing over the market, they're investing in stocks and bonds, and they're kind of like an autopilot type investment. So what they are doing is is you maybe see the different dates on there. So it's like a 2045 or 2050 or 2060, basically what those dates are are tailored to about when you're approximately going to be age 65 or the closest date to being age 65. And basically what they're doing is they are investing based on your age. So as a younger person, if you are in the 2060 fund, you are likely investing almost 100% in the stock market. And then every single year, as you get closer to that 2060, they are going to be shifting a very small percentage from the stock market over to that bond side and every single year it will continue to go that direction and then by the time you get into those years where you're about to retire or going to retire you should have a decent portion of your assets inside of those conservative bond funds. Again what's great about these is they are on autopilot and as of 2020 43 percent of 401k assets were in target date funds so it's not uncommon it's almost the most common investment that i see that people are in or at least have a portion of their money in and over 87 percent of 401ks offer the target date fund as their default option so if they slide you the paper and you didn't know what investment option you wanted to choose Well, by default, if you don't choose anything, you'll go into that target date fund based on your 65th birthday. Now, if we've gotten to the point in this podcast where you're, if we were sitting in a classroom, you'd just be putting your hand up going, I don't understand anything you're talking about. Or you're asleep with your head down because you really don't care. Then a target date fund is perfect for you. It's one of those investments that you can just put on autopilot. It's just going to automatically shift you based on risk and and your age and making sure that you're investing in the right sectors and the right parts of the market. But if we've gotten to this point of the podcast where you're kind of going, Connor, you're just lullabying me to sleep because I already know what you're talking about, well then maybe a target date fund isn't right for you. Target date funds can be a little bit more expensive or a bit more expensive than maybe just their just outright investment options that you have in your 401k. They can be very broad. Uh, They're better for like lower dollar amounts uh, because it's a little bit harder to diversify when it comes to smaller dollar amounts. But when you have a higher dollar amount, we can invest in different things. And the biggest thing and the biggest drawdown I see on... Target date funds is they're a little bit more conservative than I would prefer. Uh, They're a little bit more conservative when it comes to a little bit younger people. They're putting them in bonds when they probably shouldn't be, in my opinion. And then they can be a lot more conservative, especially as you're getting closer to retirement, which may or may not be right for you. So that's when I would encourage you to reach out to a professional to build a, a better allocation for you based on the funds in the plan. Or, if you have a good understanding, making sure that you're building out your own allocation. For example, one of the investment companies that I know of, their target date fund is around 70 basis points. But their index options are less less than about 10 basis points or less than 20 basis points each. So you're looking at about a third of the cost or less to build out your own asset allocation than just diving right into the target date fund. But again, if you're that first kind of group that you don't know what you're doing or you don't understand it, then making sure that you're investing in that target date fund because that is the right investment for you at this particular time, especially if you're not working with a financial advisor. One thing I want to add to that I see is one of the biggest drawbacks when it comes to the target date funds is that it gives you this false sense that you're good, kind of quote-unquote forever in the target date fund the target date fund is not designed to be in there forever and some people try to like maximize it like they'll just continue to just push the date out and it's not designed to do that if i can give you an analogy it would be like you getting off at a train station or you're getting off at a bus stop it's supposed to get you to a certain destination and then it's your job and your duty to then take it from there And go to the right place and in most people in that case when they get into retirement is to then convert that into some kind of income producing type investment and as you would expect that's usually when people do reach out to financial advisors for help one of the great things too about working with an advisor is they can also make sure that your 401k is also on the same page as your other investments that you may have whether that is IRAs or previous 401ks or whatever the investment may be, that they're all on the same picture and they're all going towards the same goal. Which kind of leads me into one of my next points. And to as a reminder, it's very common for people to leave jobs nowadays, whether that is that they're just leaving their job to progress in their career, which on average is about every three to five years. So making sure that you are doing something with these old 401ks that you are kind of leaving behind, whether you're rolling them to an IRA, which is what I would encourage almost everybody to do, or you're rolling that into your new 401k. But I would encourage you to consult with a financial advisor. I would love for that to be me, uh, but at least someone in your area that is very good at helping you because, again, you're not always managing returns but you're also managing risk, especially as you get closer to retirement. So that is all I have for today. If you have any questions, I'd love for you to contact me. Our phone number here in our Portage office is 269-978-6000. See you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bausman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor, and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCOA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumer Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services. Just an added disclosure for this episode, past performance is not indicative of future results, and please be sure to read any perspectives on any of the funds that you're interested in investing in, because that will tell you your price, fees, and any of the risks involved in that investment.